The first reading is from Proverbs chapter 26, as it says up there, page 467. Like one who seizes a dog by the ears is a passerby who meddles in a quarrel not his own. Like a madman shooting firebrands or deadly arrows is a man who deceives his neighbour and says, I was only joking. Without wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, a quarrel dies down. As charcoal to embers and as wood to a fire, so is a quarrelsome man for kindling strife. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to man's inmost parts. Like a coating of glaze over earthenware are fervent lips with an evil heart. A malicious man disguises himself with his lips, but in his heart he harbours deceit. Though his speech is charming, do not believe him, for seven abominations fill his heart. His malice may be concealed by deception, but his wickedness will be exposed in the assembly. If a man digs a pit, he will fall into it. If a man rolls a stone, it will roll back on him. A lying tongue hates those it hurts, and a flattering mouth works ruin. And the second reading is from the first chapter of Paul's letter to the Romans. Starting at verse 28, towards the end of the chapter, in the verses immediately preceding this passage, Paul stated in rather alarming language the outcome of those who abandon their knowledge of God to pursue their own way. And he continues in verse 28. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed and depravity. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit and malice. They're gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They're senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. Behind you tonight, we, um, we normally do uh, work through books of the Bible. For the next three weeks, we're doing topical uh, preaching. Looking at three topics called Let's Talk About. Uh, let's talk about gossip, let's talk about anxiety, and let's talk about anger. Uh, I'm preaching on gossip tonight because I think it's an uh, epidemic in our world. I think it's an epidemic in our church. I'm preaching on gossip tonight because I know people who have uh, left this church because of gossip spoken about them. I know people who have left other churches to come here because they were gossiped about at their previous churches. 
And I'm preaching on gossip uh, because the Bible talks about gossip. If you put the word gossip into Bible Gateway or into Google, you'd be amazed at the number of times the word gossip appears in the Bible. Uh, tonight's uh, sermon is a, it's a hard sermon to preach. Uh, it's a hard sermon to hear. Uh, but please hear uh, the sermon tonight is preached by uh, a pastor who loves you and just longs for you to be more like Jesus. Uh, so I'm going to pray, and then we're going to look at the Word together. Father, thank you that uh, you love us so much. Thank you that you long for us to be more like your son, Jesus. Lord, you know the extent of the transformation that needs to take place in each one of us. I pray, Lord, as your word goes out tonight, uh, none of us here would have hard hearts. Lord, I pray that uh, you would be pleased to take my words and by your spirit uh, implant them deeply into our minds and our hearts. Uh, Father, would you use uh, tonight and our conversations afterwards to uh, bring about change, change in our lives and change in this church. And I ask that for Jesus' sake. Amen. Uh, friends, we all know about the, the power of words. Uh, words uh, shape you. Words uh, shape your character. They shape your reputation. Your words shape your godliness. Your words will shape your, your walk with Jesus. And I'm sure you all, you all know and can remember uh, kind words or uh, compassionate words that were spoken to you. You can remember who said them. You can remember the place where you were. And words like, I love you, and words like, you're beautiful, and uh, words like, thank you, words like, I'm so proud of you, words that just warmed your heart and built you up. But I'm pretty sure that we're all sitting here thinking about times or places where we said words to people, and we think, if I could just take those words back. And I'm pretty sure that you can all remember times and places where people said words to you that they were so hurtful, and they just hit you here, and they're lodged here, and you can remember them as if it were yesterday. Uh, words like, I hate you, or words like, you're stupid, or words like, you're ugly. Words that have really dragged you down. And we know the power of words because the Bible tells us that they're powerful. James 3, we looked at it earlier this year, James 3 verse 5 says, Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. One small spark can cause utter, utter devastation. A whole bushfire started by one small spark. And then James says, the tongue is a fire. The tongue, your tongue is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, is itself set on fire by hell. Uh, James is saying, your words can be so destructive. They can destroy relationships. They can destroy families. They can destroy churches. And they can destroy you. Uh, Proverbs, Proverbs 13 says this, He who guards his lips, he who guards his tongue, guards his life. But he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. Your, your words can destroy you and destroy other people. And tonight we're talking about words. 
and not lying, not slander, not swearing. They're all the kind of topics that, that we like to preach on. Tonight I'm talking about a, a topic that's rarely preached on in church. And it makes it all feel uncomfortable because it's much more subtle and much harder topic. The topic's gossip. Gossip. Uh, gossip is so ingrained in our culture, if you want. It's become a way of life. You've got gossip columns in newspapers. You've got a gossip section on Today Show or on Sunrise. You've got a whole TV program dedicated to gossip. We gossip all the time. We gossip on SMS. We gossip on our mobile phones. We gossip on Facebook. We gossip on Twitter. And we gossip in church. Did you hear about uh, Sue and David? Um, they're dating now, you know. Uh, just between you and me, I saw Debbie the other day, and I haven't seen her in church for ages, and she's probably falling away. You may not have heard this, but um, I, think, I think she could be pregnant, you know. We just do it all the time. We sit in the hall, I stand in the hall over, over supper, and the conversation is always about other people. And it's called gossip. And most of us are so deeply wired that we just love, love talking about other people. Can you imagine a world without gossip? Can you imagine a world where there was no gossip at all? There'd be whole crowds of people with nothing to talk about. Our, our mobile phone bills would be much, much smaller. We'd spend less time on the internet. We'd be much more godly, there'd be less division, less counseling, because gossip is just destructive. How would you preach on gossip? Here's a scene from the recent movie, Doubt. A woman was gossiping with a friend about a man she hardly knew. I know none of you have ever done this. That night she had a dream. A great hand appeared over her and pointed down at her. She was immediately seized with an overwhelming sense of guilt. The next day she went to confession. She got the old parish priest, Father Arark. She told him the whole thing. Is gossiping a sin? She asked the old man. Was that the hand of God Almighty pointing a finger at me? Should I be asking your absolution, Father? Tell me, have I done something wrong? Yes, Father O'Rourke answered her. Yes, you ignorant, badly brought up female. You've borne false witness against your neighbor. You played fast and loose with his reputation, and you should be heartily ashamed. So, the woman said she was sorry and ask for forgiveness. Not so fast, says O'Rourke. I want you to go home, take a pillar upon your roof, cut it open with a knife, and return here to me. So the woman went home, took a pillow off her bed, a knife from the drawer, went up the fire escape to her roof, and stabbed the pillow. Then she went back to the old parish priest as instructed. Did you cut the pillow with a knife? He says. Yes, Father. And what was the result? Feathers, she said. 
Feathers, he repeated. Feathers everywhere, Father. Now, I want you to go back and gather up every last feather that flew out on the wind. Well, she said, it can't be done. I don't know where they went. The wind took them all over. And that, said Father O'Rourke, is gossip. Can't do the Irish accent, sorry. But it's true. The words that you gossip, you don't know where they go to. You can't go and pick them all up again. We're going to spend some time tonight just grappling the topic. 3D is the definition, uh, the damage, and dealing with gossip. Definition of gossip. Here's the dictionary definition, the Macquarie Dictionary. Idle talk spoken about someone who is not part of the conversation. Usually about their private lives and especially of a disapproving or malicious nature. It's idle talk because it's, it's worthless, it has no value, you're just, you're just filling in time. And it's spoken about somebody who's not part of the conversation. Because if they're not there, then they can't contradict you. If they're not there, they can't tell the true story. If they're not there, it's much easier than actually confronting them face to face. I define it as sharing something about someone that should be kept private, even if it's true. Sharing something about someone that should be kept private, even if it's true. The question is not whether it's true or not. That doesn't matter. The issue is you are discussing something that should be kept private. We've all got things that we talk about, all got things that we share in private. You talk to your spouse, you talk to your friends, you talk to your pastor, you talk to your colleagues. You talk and you share information, expecting it to be kept private, not to be talked about with every Tom, Dick and Harry. Gossip is just speculation often. It's discussing what we've heard about someone or what could be happening in somebody's life. Think about the hours we spend talking about celebrities. Celebrity gossip, discussing the lives of people we don't even know, where they could be moving to, who they could be dating. But then we gossip here in church all the time as well. I hate to say this, but someone sitting four or five rows behind you could have talked about you even today. We disguise it as um, prayer requests. Oh, we really must pray for Martin. I think he's really struggling with sexual purity at the moment. Uh, I'm so concerned about Joe and her walk with God. Uh, we really should pray about it because I saw her last week and haven't seen her church for ages. It's just gossiping, and we just disguise it as a saying, "Let's pray for them," or we just chit chat. Have you heard that uh, Debbie's parents are separating? Have you heard that uh, that Brian's got a new job and oh, he travels so much overseas and really bad use of money? Or it's that kind of self-righteous church gossip. We talk about other people uh, going the sort of, the tut-tut, I'd never do that. They're so bad and I'm so better than them, tut-tut-tut. Gossip is just sharing something about someone, about their private lives that should be kept private, even if it's true. But surely gossip is not mentioned in the Bible, is it? When Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, he said, 
I fear there may be quarreling and jealousy and outbursts of anger and factions and slander and gossip and arrogance and disorder. Uh, When he wrote to Timothy, he said, not only do they become idle, but also gossips and busybodies saying things they ought not to say. And that rather sombering passage from Romans chapter 1, talking about the wrath of God being revealed. And as God's judgment is poured out on his world today, he said he hands them over to, uh, to gossip. The literal word for gossip is, is whisperer. That's what the Greek word means, whisperer. It's a great word, whisperer. It's words that you, you whisper in public. You don't want the, other, the person you're talking about to hear. Again, not about whether the words are true or not. It's just words that you're not prepared to say out in the open. There's a sort of darkness about it. You've got no intention of solving the problem or helping them in any way. You just want to talk about it or talk about them. It's said that some people will listen to anything if it's whispered to them. That's what we're talking about tonight, gossip. I think we've called it the acceptable sin or the respectable sin, and I'm just saying, no, no, it's a sin. What's the damage? Why am I talking about it? Because it's seductive. Gossip is a bit like the, um, the fruit in the, in the Garden of Eden. You know it's wrong. You know you shouldn't go there. But there's something about it that's so tantalizingly attractive and appealing. Proverbs 26, verse 22. Uh, the words of a gossip are like, are like choice morsels. They go down to a man's inmost parts. The word choice morsel means that they are tantalizingly attractive to you. They look good. It's a bit like a, a, having a bowl or a plate full of lollies or chocolate. And deep down you know it's bad for you. Deep down you know it's full of fat. It's not good for you. But there's something about it saying, eat me, eat me, eat me. And you grab one piece and then two pieces and then the whole bowl and it's gone. It's like gossip. You know it's bad for you. You know it's wrong. But it's just so seductive saying, come on, join in, join in, join in, join in. What do you call a good piece of gossip today? You call it juicy gossip. Because <laughs> it's tantalizing and seductive and appealing. It's tasteful. Why is gossip so seductive? Why is it so attractive? Why is it so appealing? What is it about talking about other people's private lives that you find so tantalizing? I tell you why it's so attractive. It's because it makes you feel good. It makes you feel good because you feel wanted and you feel needed and you feel important because you've got information about somebody else that they don't know. It makes you feel part of the crowd. It makes you feel part of the in-crowd. It makes you feel more righteous sometimes or more godly. Well, actually, it just helps you avoid the real issues in your life. Let's not address the issues in your own life. Let's talk about other people's problems. Just avoid the issues in your life. That's why it's so seductive, but our verse says it's poisonous. Because it goes down to a man's inmost parts. That means it, his bowels, his kidneys. It goes down to the guts of the person. It's not just a surface issue. It, it, it infects the whole of your being. It shapes you. It shapes what comes out of your mouth, what's in your heart. It just it gets into your bloodstream if you want. And let me say, when you start to gossip... You can't stop. And it's destructive. It's seductive. It's destructive. Uh, Proverbs 16, a perverse man stirs up dissension and a gossip 
separates close friends. If you want to destroy a friendship, the best thing you can do for him, tell tales about them. Share private information about them. It's happened to me. I'm sure it's happened to you. I, I can think of one very close friend who I would share lots of information with. And just time and time and time again, it came back to me, second or third hand, often twisted. And I don't talk to that person anymore about private stuff because they're gossips. And I reckon there'll be people here today who people don't talk to you because they've shared stuff with you and they've heard it back second or third hand and you've gossiped. It happens here in church. I can think of connect groups where they're at loggerheads because some people have gossiped about other people in the group. Uh, People have said to me that I've said things that I've never said because we just talk about me. And the best way to destroy a friendship is to do the, have you heard? Did you know that? Just between you and me. Remember, the tongue is a fire. If you stop putting wood on a fire, what happens? The fire goes out. If you want the fire to keep going, you just keep putting more and more wood onto the fire. Same with a quarrel, same with division. Proverbs 26.20, without wood, a fire goes out. And without gossip, a quarrel dies down. If you've got division, if you've got problems, if you're fighting with each other, stop fueling the fire by gossiping about that other person to other people. Have you heard the warning? It can be destructive. I have known whole churches that have been divided over gossip. You've got to learn to say, shh, hush. It's seductive, it's destructive, and it's sinful. And that passage in Romans chapter 1 The Word of God says this, Romans 1, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, uh, people didn't retain the knowledge, they listened to the world, listened to themselves, they were preoccupied with what pleased them, so God, what did God do? God gave them over to depraved minds, to do what they ought not to do, and they become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice, and they are gossips. The question I'm grappling with is this. It's a hard question. Is our world full of gossip and slander because God is handing our world over to a world without him? Is our world more and more full of gossip and slander as God is handing his world over to a world without him? In societies where we're becoming more and more godless, that goes hand in hand with more and more gossip. Because gossip is sinful. Why is it sinful? Because you're saying things about other people that you should say to their face. You're saying things about other people that you have no right to share. And they can't see you and they can't hear you, but God sees and God hears and God hates gossip. God hates gossip. It's a strong word. It's a biblical word. Proverbs 6, verse 16. These are, there are six things that the Lord hates. And the end of that list, it literally reads, a man who gossips up dissension among brothers. God hates it. Because the words that come out of your mouth actually reveal what's happening in your heart. Remember when Jesus talked to his disciples, he says it's the the words that come out of the mouth come from the heart and make a man unclean. And the words that you speak about other people will, will really reveal what's happening in your heart. 
You could be the most respectable, knowledgeable, selfless, servant-hearted Christian, but your words will, will reveal what's really happening inside. Your words can reveal bitterness or resentment or, yeah, gossip. And I want you to think about the conversations you've had in the last month. How much of that has been about, about other people? The last 24 hours, my conversations, it's tough to analyze how much time we spend talking about other people. Let's call sin, sin, and gossip is sin. So what's the solution? How do you deal with gossip? Number one, think. Think about what you say. Think about the words that come out of your mouth. You ever been to the doctor? And you walk to the doctor's surgeon and you say, Oh, doctor, I've got this awful fever. I've got this headache and I've got this sore throat. And he says, oh, uh, Show me your tongue. He goes, Nothing wrong with my tongue. It's my head that's hurting. It's my throat that's hurting. He goes, Oh, show me your tongue. Because apparently from the tongue you can tell about, a lot about what's happening with the rest of the body. God is almost saying to us tonight through his word, Show me your tongue. Think about what comes out of your mouth. Guard your lips. Guard your words. Proverbs 17. A man of knowledge uses words with restraint. And a man of understanding is even tempered. Even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent. A discerning if he holds his tongue. He's saying, you don't need to share everything that you know. You don't have to say everything that you hear. You don't have to say everything that you think. It's possible to say nothing. It is totally possible to sit in silence. So think before you speak. The word think is actually an acronym. Uh, letter T. Is it true? Is what you're about to say truthful? Do you have all the facts? Do you know this is gospel truth? Because there's always another side to the story. Proverbs 18, verse 17 says, uh, the first to present his case seems right until another person comes along and questions him. Check out your source of the facts before you speak it. A teacher was once heard to say, uh, I'll promise not, sorry, so if you promise, if you promise not to believe everything your child says happens at school, I will promise not to believe everything your child says happens at home. Because the facts may not be true. Check out the source. Remember, those who gossip the fact to you will pro probably gossip about you as well. When people gossip, just ask the question, is this fact? You know, is our pattern Jenny really getting married? Is Sally moving to Melbourne? Is Martin taking a Check out the source of your facts. Is it true? If it is true... It doesn't necessarily mean you have to share it. Ask the question, is it helpful? Is it inspiring? I love the verse in Ephesians chapter 4. Do not let any unwholesome talk, look at that word any, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their need, that it may benefit those who listen. The word unwholesome just means that it is not particularly nutritious. It doesn't feed them. It doesn't build them up in any way. So before you, before you speak, ask the question, is what I'm about to share going to be helpful and inspiring in building the other person up? If not, don't say it. 
Naomi's pregnant. I've known Naomi's pregnant for quite a while. Now, I can choose to share that with somebody. Why am I sharing it with people? Why am I saying to people, hey, did you know, did you know Naomi's pregnant? If I'm sharing it because I want you as a church family to support her and love her and care for her, that's great. If I'm sharing it because I want you to say, isn't God good? That is great. If I'm sharing it because I want to feel important or to be the first to tell you the news, that's not helpful at all. Is it inspiring? Is it helpful? Is it necessary? Do I really need to share it? And is it kind? Am I going to be encouraging to you and to the other person by sharing it? Proverbs 15 says, A man finds joy in giving an apt reply. How good is a timely word? Think, think, think before you speak. If not, say nothing. The second reason to deal with, way to deal with gossip is to talk to people and not about people. Talk to people and not about people. Do you remember when Jesus lived on earth? He often had hard things to say about people and to people. How did he do it? Did he gather a group of people around and say, oh, those are wretched Pharisees. Guess what they did yesterday? No. Read your Bibles. Luke 18, verse 19, Jesus spoke to the Pharisees. Not about them. He spoke to the Pharisees. Time and time again, he went to the Pharisees face to face and talked about the issue. So we've got to stop talking about people and start talking to people. I reckon that's the root of the issue. We love talking about people because if they're not there, they can't correct us. If they're not there, it's not so confronting for us. Let me give you some examples. You hear someone at church who is maybe starting to date somebody. You don't know who they are. You don't know who the person is they're dating. What do you do? Tell what we normally do as a church. We, we head down to Kubli Hotel and we sit around and we have a drink and we say, oh, have you heard? Oh, I, I think Samantha's dating somebody. Is he a believer? Is he not a believer? What's he like? Have you met him? If you want to find out the information, what's the right thing to do? Go up to Samantha. Hi, how are you? Oh, I hear you're dating somebody. That's great news. Tell me about him. Talk to them face to face. Let me give you a harder, harder um, issue. What if somebody lies about you? What if somebody sins against you? What do you do then? I'll tell you what we tend to do. Talk about them behind their back and gather a group of people around us who will be on our side and then we go and talk to them and confront them. Once we've got a little crowd gathered around us to support us. What does Jesus say? Matthew 18 verse 15. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. Just between the two of you. If he listens, you've won your brother over. If he will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. We go, oh, that's no fun. It's much more fun to get people onto my side first. No, no, it's not biblical. Face to face, the godly confrontation. Please don't Facebook it before you've spoken them face-to-face. Please don't Twitter it before you talk to them face-to-face. Think before you speak. Talk to people, not about them. But there is a place for gossip, and it will help you deal with your gossip. And that's gossip the gospel. 
Can you imagine this kind of conversation? Have you heard about the man who loved you enough to die for you? Did you hear about the God who has forgiven you of your sins? I want to share something with you. It's amazing news that your Lord Jesus Christ, he loves you enough to give his life for you. Our church would be utterly and radically transformed if instead of talking about people, we talked more about Jesus Christ. Our church would be transformed if instead of talking news and speculation about what's happening in the lives of other people in this church, we actually talked about the the person who we know about, who is true, who is good, who is faithful, his name is Jesus Christ. Colossians 4 verse 6, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so you may know how to answer anyone. Friends, if we gossip the gospel, we talked about Jesus more than we talked about people, you might not be the most popular person. You might not be the center of attention. People might not rush to you for information. But you'd be a man or a woman of integrity. Because actually, they would look at you and say, yeah, you know, their lips reflect they love Jesus. What they talk about shows they love Jesus. But more than that, you know, the more that we talk about Jesus, the more that we gossip the gospel, it does something else for us. It keeps bringing us back to the cross. It keeps reminding us that there's forgiveness. Because we just gossip all the time. And we need to ask for forgiveness. And the more we talk about Jesus, the more we say, yeah, I've done it again, God. But why, thank you for your son who forgives me. Uh, Please hold on to grace. Please hold on to grace. Remember that God loves you enough to send a son to die for you. And when you fall into gossip, when you fail, as you will do, just run back to the cross. He's there waiting for you with his arms wide open. I gave the challenge earlier on. The challenge is called the gossip challenge. I wear this thing because I'm a cyclist. The challenge for me is every time I gossip, <laughs> I've got to switch my wristband onto the other wrist. Just a, a very... Practical way of saying, oh, I've done it again. And I go back to the cross and ask for forgiveness. I preached a sermon last night at Saturday night. This wristband has moved six times in the last 24 hours. I want to challenge the church. Can we go a week without gossip? No, it's too hard. <laughs> 24 hours without gossip. It's a challenge for you, challenge for me. Why? Because our church would be so different if we didn't gossip. Uh, marriages would be stronger. Friendships would be healed and restored. Uh, leadership would be respected. You could have a conversation with somebody over supper, knowing it would stay just between the two of you. You wouldn't talk about people all the time. You'd talk about God and Jesus and how wonderful he is. But more than that, the one who died for you has called you to be holy. He's called you to be set apart and to be different. The world gossips. The people of God, let's not gossip. Let me pray. Father, I want to thank you for your word which 
is so rich and full of depth. Thank you that you address issues that we grapple with every day. Father, forgive us for people that we've hurt through our words. Father, forgive us for people who have left this church because of words spoken about them. Lord God in heaven, forgive us for friendships that we have destroyed. And forgive us for any bitterness that we might have in our hearts against those who have gossiped against us. Spirit of God, please would you transform this church, this gathering, that we might be men and women whose lips, whose words, whose speech are edifying and build other people up according to their needs. I ask and I plead this in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.